And so it is. Dear Shambra, we gather together in this safe and sacred space, in this energy of Shambra and spirit and all that was, all that is going to come to be. And what was is no more. What you assume will be, won't. That pretty much sums up this next year. <laughs> oh, dear Shambra, such a delight. Such a delight to, to hear and to feel the humans having fun, rejoicing in life, letting go of the fears, letting go of what may be, because no matter how hard you try to think about what may be, it's probably going to change anyway. So why not just enjoy what you are creating at the very, very deepest levels within you? You feel a sense of Caldra's sadness, and Linda's sadness, and a few of the others, that um, this is what will be my last calendar year of working with you. But lo, I will be back. <laughs> I'm not leaving. I'm coming back into the human form to join you in this journey. I wouldn't miss it for all of the stars in the cosmos. I wouldn't miss it for anything. Oh Yes, it can be said, and perhaps with a bit of truth, that I let you come in first and pave the way, go through the hard stuff, help to remodel consciousness in a new way, and then I'm just going to pop in and follow after you. But I've also been with you in this journey of the last 10, 20, some of you 30 years. I've been with you on this journey since the times of Atlantis and the temples of Tien and the times of old Egypt for so many of you and the times of Yeshua 2,000 years ago. I'm not sad at all about my final channel because no longer will I have this veil or this separation between me and you. I'm going to be right there with you. Many of you I will meet in person. There will be some gatherings many, many years from now where I'm going to meet those. I can look at you now. I can see who you are. <laughs> Calder didn't know that was coming, and he quickly put an end to it. But um, <laughs> you see, that's why I have to come back to Earth. He's so stingy with those eyes of his. One little peek is all I get. I have to come back in human form just to look you in the eyes. Katja <laughs> Calder. So, <laughs> oh, there'll be so many surprises this year for you. So let's begin with the shout. We have much to cover today, a lot of interesting news and information, and behind it all, a tremendous amount of consciousness. Let us begin with our guests on this day. But before we do that, one, I'd like to give you your homework up front. Your homework up front. Oh, easy homework this time. There's one thing I'd like you to leave behind. You brought it over from last year actually last lifetime, 
actually from a long time ago, something you've been carrying with you. It doesn't have to be material. It can be an emotion, a feeling, or probably a belief system. This is a wonderful time as we embark on a new year to leave that behind. Leave it at the door when you walk out of this place here in the canyon. Leave it in your bathroom at home when you go later. Just leave it there. <laughs> leave it behind as you go into this new year. You don't need it. And I'd like you to do some breathing with it. What is it? You've been feeling it, even thinking about it lately. You've been feeling this weight, this burden. But sometimes when you try to look at it directly, it disappears. It goes back into a, a vagueness, back into unclarity. But there's something in your life. Now, you're racing right now in your mind. Let's stop that. Let's go into the feeling. The feeling is an all-encompassing part of you that integrates the body, the mind, and the spirit. The feeling is the opening of your senses and your awarenesses, the physical senses as well as your divine senses. There's something that you've been dragging with you like a ball and chain, like you had to drag it with you. Maybe it's an old karmic relationship. Maybe it's an old belief system, belief in good and bad as you used to know it. Maybe it's a belief in unworthiness. Maybe it's a belief in that life has to be hard, it has to be a struggle in order for it to be worthwhile. Maybe it's a belief that that you're waiting for something to happen rather than making it happen. A belief that it's coming to you, but you keep it coming to you rather than delivering it into your now moment. A belief that it's better to have dreams as dreams rather than dreams as reality. Sometimes it's so much easier to today dream about what could be terrifying to have that brought into your reality, because it may not be as good as what you dreamed. Sometimes it's better to keep dreams in a separate reality, in a separate world, because there, perhaps they're safe. Your dreams, your aspirations, your heart, your playfulness, your creativity, you keep somewhere else, because what if it came to Earth and it was destroyed? like a physical body gets destroyed, like goals get destroyed. Maybe that's an old belief system, Chambra, an old belief system that you can leave behind. Oh, it'll be cleaned up by the angelic beings. It'll be cleaned up by all the little, um, how do you say, multidimensional insects that uh, devour the energy, tear it apart and return it back to natural, pure energy rather than stuck energy. <coughs> so take a moment to feel, what is it that you choose to leave behind? And I underline the word choice. You don't have to do hocus-pocus here. You don't have to sprinkle holy water, and you don't have to have a guru take it away from you or transmute it. You can do it. That's the beauty of new energy. You 
can do it. What do you choose to leave behind? What type of void does it leave? What game do you have to give up playing? Ah, why did you carry it with you for so long? It must have served a purpose. And what are you going to miss about it when you leave it behind? Now, I would caution you and say, when you leave it behind, don't look back. Don't look back. There is that tendency, there's an old biblical story, I believe, about it, about looking back. Don't look back, because it's merely a symbol saying that maybe you're really not ready to let it go. When you let it go, let it go. Don't keep it in a static uh, dimension. Don't leave it there just in case you change your mind. Make a choice and let it go. I'd like you to communicate with each other in your internet mechanism, on your message board. Share with each other about what you've let go so others can feel the passion behind it and also perhaps the struggle and the joy behind it. Share from your heart. Share from your integrity and your authenticity. When you let it go, don't look back. Oh, I'll put a few footnotes in here, especially, especially if it's a relationship. Now, I'll put a footnote to the footnote and say, when you let an old, stale, karmic relationship go and you don't look back, and you keep walking on your joyous journey, the chances are very, very high that relationship will meet you on the path. It will come along your way. But that relationship now is transformed. Its energy and its old karma are transmuted. So when you once again meet that person that you've had the relationship with, it's no longer based upon the past. It's based upon new potential and opportunity. No longer carries the suffering and the pain and the guilt, but it carries a new potential if you choose it. Perhaps you won't choose to rejoin in that relationship. Perhaps you'll just wish to greet that dear one on the road, bless them, honor them, and thank them for all they've given you in your life. So take a deep breath. And by the end of our shout together today, it won't be too long, dear. By the end of the shout, leave something behind and don't look back. Walk forward into this new energy. I so look forward to coming back. Our guests today, three in particular. The first, Carl Jung comes back once again, studying human nature in a new energy way. He's going to be inspiring some of you, some of you here, to help write the books of the new energy consciousness and psychology, which is so different from old energy psychology. He's going to help some of you write books about new cosmic consciousness. He's written a few of those books himself in the past. But he comes in ready and willing to ghostwrite, no pun intended. <laughs> <clears throat> he wrote that line for me. 
to ghostwrite some of the books on the new cosmic consciousness, what happens when you truly become what I'm going to call bi-present. And I'll explain that in a moment. So some of you who are uh, authors or authors-to-be, some of you who have been feeling inspired lately to write, get over the fact that you may not have a clinical or a university background in psychology. Consider it a blessing. Jung will come in and work with you on the new psychology. He's been studying it very carefully and why he returns once again as a guest in this gathering. Second guest is a dear one I call Sam. Sam comes in right now. He's in a waking state. Now, as most of you know, Sam is my next incarnation on Earth. Sam is a young boy living in the Western United States, very much alive right now. Over the period of time, I have been melding and integrating my essence into Sam. Sam very much has his own personality. I'm not just um, Tobias controlling Sam. I help to create Sam, but as much as I helped to create Sam, I gave him his freedom his independence, his own sovereignty. Incarnations are like that in the best of cases, where, where the, what you would call the soul being gives sovereignty to the creation of the human on earth. And I have given that to Sam, slowly integrating myself with him. And it's an amazing, amazing study the awareness in the integration work two ways, always. Here we have Sam, a young boy, in a waking state right now, albeit somewhat daydreaming right now, much more mature than the last time he was present with us. He knows something is going on. He is very present in his reality at home right now thinking that he's distracted by this thing called the Internet. He's bouncing around on the Internet, and lo and behold, where does he find himself? In the Crimson Circle website. He's not on the webcast right now, but he's in the energy of Crimson Circle. His energy in spirit is also here with you and with I feeling the essence of this um, shout that we're having together, and feeling something within him coming alive, calling out to him, asking him to participate. In the past few months in particular, Sam has been integrating, not what you would call consciously, like many of you do, but he's been integrating more of the essence of the divine, which includes, but it is not limited to, I, Tobias. He's becoming more and more aware that there is an energy, a consciousness flowing into him, changing the nature of his own reality, giving him insights, giving him awarenesses that he never had before. He and I are talking on a regular basis, but 
He doesn't know yet how to define me as Tobias. He just knows there is another part of himself that he's becoming more familiar with, more comfortable with, and therefore inviting that part to participate with him in his life. Whereas so many of you come from a background where you started to open up, but you held that part of your divine off somewhere else. You didn't allow it to make its entrance here to earth. You didn't want it to be distorted by the energies of earth or manipulated by other humans. Perhaps its energy stolen or taken away by others. Instead, right now, Sam is very open. He doesn't have those kind of fears. So he's allowing the divine to integrate. He doesn't know the terms yet. He will find many of them soon on the Crimson Circle website, the Cryon website, and other websites. He's going to read extensively about Jung to give him a background in cosmic consciousness or the awakening of the soul. So he's allowing the integration to take place, and it's an amazing and sometimes frightening revelation for him. But just as much, dear Chambra, just as much I am integrating with him. I am becoming more aware of the being called Sam. I'm becoming more aware of its human tendencies and its human needs. I'm allowing myself to come closer in than a spirit or an oversoul normally does. Partly because there is a lack of invitation from the human, partly because even the oversoul fears coming too close. So there is an integration on my part as well. You could say on one hand that Sam is opening to allow me into him an earthly, physical body. It can also be said that I am opening to receiving Sam in the spirit realms, allowing the essence of the human to join me, to join the Oversoul on these realms. There's a brilliant lesson in this, a lesson for each and every one of you here today. Because so often, so often, the Oversoul will create an expression of itself into the human realms, but then will maintain a distance from it. So often, the Oversoul creates the human entity and finds it difficult to connect with it. The veil goes two ways, definitely goes two ways. Sometimes the Oversoul does this because it doesn't want to interfere with the human existence of itself, other times because it fears getting too close and getting sucked into this thing called human reality. Other times parts of the Oversoul are so wounded and twisted. Some of these parts of the Oversoul remain in the near-earth realms, caught in their own horrors and their own hell that they are somewhat oblivious to this thing called the human living on earth. So there's a great disassociation between the spirit 
between the oversoul, between the other aspects of the entity itself and with the human on earth. How often have we seen and felt on our side where there is a disassociation between the soul and the human? Where sometimes the soul actually resents or rejects that human expression of itself, turns its back on it. Indeed, yes, souls can do that. Turn its back on that human expression. And how does that human on earth feel? Unworthy, unloved, unneeded. As you do your work on earth, the work of consciousness change and evolution, there's a parallel work going on our side. The awakening and the reintegration of the souls to bring them back into wholeness. The souls that have had human incarnations that have been wounded, broken, that have been raped, that have been imprisoned, that are so tormented that even their soul cannot look at them. As you are doing your work, and it comes first, it leads the way. As you do your work, there's work taking place here on our sides, bringing souls back to their human expressions. Not just human expressions from this lifetime, but expressions that are buried in the soil of the earth, expressions that are wandering in the near-earth realms, bringing them back together. My experiences with Sam are giving me new insights, and there will be books, giving me new insights in the relationship between the human creation, the human expression, and its sovereignty, along with the oversoul of the being, the awareness, the awareness of all of these different levels taking place at one time is not just up to the human, it's up to the soul as well. And dear Shambra, here are the standards of leading the way on earth and to calling back your own essence, your own soul, your own self, and to allowing it to integrate with you on earth and encouraging you to integrate with it in the other realms. Bringing yourself back together. Sometimes humans cry out at night. They pray at night. They pray for understanding and guidance. They pray uh, to mend a broken heart, to clear up confusion in their human mind. And they wonder, they wonder why Nobody appears to hear them. Sometimes it's the soul. The soul is either tormented in its own way or turned its back. This is the new energy. You are the ones that are changing that old dynamic. Bringing the essence and the spirit here to earth and allowing the soul to bring your awareness to it in the other realms. This is where heaven and earth meet. This is the new consciousness. What an honor to have Sam here. What an honor for Sam to invite me 
and to his earthly existence. What a pleasure for me to have him here in the other realms. Sam is becoming very bi-present. Bi-present. The new word. It means the ability to be in the moment like you are right now, but be many different places at once. It seems like a contradiction, but it is not at all. You do it right now whether you know it or not. You're just going to become greater masters at it this year. Right now Sam is in waking state at his computer. Calder is asking if it's a Mac, and I... <laughs> it is not. I told you that his parents were college professors, very mental, so... <laughs> so Sam is very much awake right now. He's also roaming around in the Crimson Circle website. And at the same time he's feeling my presence in his human reality and his presence in my reality. He is doing all of these things simultaneously and seamlessly. And as he becomes more proficient with it, he becomes more aware of all the nuances and the different levels of this. That is called being by-present. That is allowing yourself to be in multiple dimensions and realities in a single time. Instead of having to hop around from different points of presence or different reality levels, being by-present means that you allow the lines of all the different dimensions. Remember, dimensions do not stack on each other. They, they mingle with each other. But it's allowing all of these to come into convergence at the same point, the point of presence. In the past, it was very difficult to do this. It was overwhelming to the body, and the mind could not fathom it. So you had to find yourself jumping into different realities and focusing only on that one. You could be in a state of daydream, you could be very f or very focused on um, a project on Earth, but difficult to do both at once. You could be in your sleep state where you go off in your dreams, or you could be wide awake driving the car down the road. But it was very difficult to do both at once. In this year you're going to find that you also can become aware of your own by-presence, doing many things at the same time. They don't have to confuse you. They don't have to, um, they don't have to throw you off. Many of you are, are concerned that you're going to to say, lose your place, lose your balance, and get thrown into some big abyss. When you let go, you're going to realize that you actually expand very gracefully. All of the different realities come into your, your point of presence in convergence. That is what it means to be by-present. So Sam joins us because, becoming more and more part of his life and a he of mine, and I invite you right now, whether you are sitting in these chairs, whether you are reading or listening to this later, stop for a moment. Take a deep breath. Invite your soul, your essence, to participate with you right now in your life. 
Don't look at your life like you'd look at a, at a broken down, dirty house. Don't make no judgments about it. Invite your soul, your divine, in as a guest of honor. Invite it in without making excuses, without saying you're going to fix this or fix that later, without saying that you meant to clean up first, without making apologies or excuses. Invite your essence, your soul, into your reality as you are by present right now. And as your soul beckons you to join itself, its integrated self. Take that bold and daring move. Take that step to join it, to join yourself, your soul, in the other realms, in the other dimensions. The other dimensions don't have to be a million miles from here. They're a half a breath away. Allow yourself to be so trusting that you can open yourself to join the soul of you, to expand beyond the physical and the mental, and to join it. Let's take a deep breath with that. Your soul is so inquisitive. Oh, you thought it was just pushing buttons and pulling strings and had a pre-ordained life for you? Not at all. You are sovereign. You are sovereign to make your own choices. You thought that the soul was the one creating your reality, good, bad, or indifferent. You are the one creating it. Your soul wants to join you in it. They want you to join the soul in its journey as well. Now this is true integration, and this is what the year is about for you. True integration at every level. Our next guest, <clears throat> let's take a deep breath and a drink. I see we don't have the bubbly this month. Mm. We have this unusual sweet water. The <laughs> next guest, a guest that will be important as your progresses, it's going to be the essence of this group that you call the United Nations. Now, they don't all have to come flooding in here at once. There is a there's an essence, there is a type of entity that's representative of the United Nations. Whether no matter what you think about this organization, it is one of the few cultural, political, geographic organizations on earth that is trying to represent and trying to help guide and influence the world as a whole. It is one of the, the few organizations that is trying, not always succeeding, but trying to bring peace and harmony to Earth. Yes, I know that as a human organization, it too can get corrupted. It too can get caught in bureaucracies. It too can get caught in its money struggles. And it too acts out in such human ways. But here is a hope. Here is a hope for Earth in this coming year, and the Earth will need it in this coming year. So we've invited in the essence of the United Nations, all nations. We've invited it in with compassion and acceptance. 
We brought it in to feel this energy of Shambra and to understand that change occurs in a consciousness first and then spreads out to the world. So we ask you, Shambra, that consciousness workers of this earth to invite in the energy of the United Nations. Let's talk now about 2009. Now, humans love predictions at the beginning of the year. The problem is nobody goes back at the end of the year. But we will. You will. You will. Let's talk about predictions for this coming year. And I would like to start this with hearing from you. Ah, I have my own, my own additions I'm going to put to this. But I would like a number of you to give a short, concise feeling about the energies of this coming year, the consciousness, from a more of a global perspective, not just your own. We'll get into that in a bit. You've been feeling it lately. You've been feeling the changes. You've been feeling energies shifting and moving in and restructuring themselves. You've been working on your intuition. Now, we're not talking here about making um, the typical predictions and prophecies, but what, what is the direction? What does this next year hold? And I would like somebody to keep a list of what is, um, what is brought out here. And I would like the list to be expanded through your internet, where others can contribute to it, with a certain cutoff date, of course. I'd like this list posted and kept in this sacred safe space called CrimsonCircle.com for all of you to look at during the year and to find out, to understand how truly wise you are. Truly wise. Now, you may not always get it exact when you try to define it in human words, but it's the energy behind it. So we're going to play a little game today. We're going to play What's Ahead for Humanity and Earth. We're going to ask dear Linda Avisa to take the microphone into the audience. And we're going to ask you to keep this concise and to feel into it. And ah, here's a point. Now, some of you, you feel this urge, but you wouldn't dare stand up. Get beyond that. Leave that one behind also. Speak your truth as Linda brings the microphone around. Let us begin. More global connections. We're going to, again, ask that a list be kept. Did did we get that? More global connections. Okay. Openings of a lot of potentials. Excellent. Openings of a lot of potentials. We're going to start listening to ourselves instead of others. Ah, Indeed. Listening to self instead of others. Take a feel, feel into the, the into humanity and the planet in general. What are some of the things that are going to happen this year? Um, a real feeling for the connection between consciousness and money. Mm, indeed. Uh, clean and relatively free energy. Okay. Indeed. Run, Forrest, run. <laughs> Working together. 
I'm sensing, beginning with Obama, um, a heart connection throughout the world, and I'm also noticing in the poli- politics that it's starting here in Colorado as well. Mm. Two more. One going. Mm-hmm. You want? Um, well, I was just um, sensing that our military will find alternatives to war that will look more um, as peace. Am I the only one that thinks it might get a little shakier? <laughs> Chaos. <laughs> Chaos. Indeed. So now, um, hold, bear with us, Linda. No problem. So, uh, what's missing? A lot of drama. I haven't heard a lot of drama here from Shamber, which is a good sign. Um, I would like to continue uh, three more. Um, Andra, Garrett, and Patricia. Okay. You were ones that uh, actually make a study of this, and uh, we would like to get your input and allow yourself to elaborate a bit, too. And you knew it was coming. <laughs> yes. Uh, sensing the genuine qualities people are going to imbibe into their personal integration, not talking, but diving, truly, truly, allowing passion to allow them to integrate and own it. We've heard the consciousness of the world say we want change. I believe we'll be actually willing for things to change. And Patricia, the one who studies trends. Mm-hmm. Patricia Aubardine. <laughs> yes. I think um, there's going to be a slow recovery in the real estate market. I think there's going to be a stock market rally and then a sharp decline. Indeed. And finally, Linda. (laughs) (laughs) I think there will be uh, truly, truly consciousness awakening in a way that we will see way beyond just us, that truly people at a point that they're open to doing it different, open to something new, and it's going to we'll see it all around us that that people are truly going to focus open up to something more truly open up and we'll see it all around us and it'll be truly breathtakingly beautiful and it won't always come because things were easy it'll often come because things are really going to invite us to say do you want it different Indeed, and we thank all of you for your contributions and uh, and for feeling into the energy of what's going to happen. And it, it also, by the way, helps to create that reality. So now, from our perspective, and we do <coughs> we do watch over this very carefully. We we feel into the directions of uh, human consciousness and look at the at the. Uh, over trends, the the higher trends that are taking place. 
Now, it's very difficult to make exact predictions, and you, as humans, should know. Many of you were uh, were readers in past lives. You were uh, gypsies and uh, magicians, and uh, you could feel into some of the energies, but it is very difficult getting specific. So let's go to a a higher level overview of what we see happening, and then work down to some of the uh, some of the details. Quantum leap occurred over a year ago, and that meant an infusion of new and different energy into Earth. Humans, Earth, and the consciousness of, uh, of Earth are still learning how to work with it. It's in its infancy. New energy is so different than old energy. I'm speaking here in terms of consciousness, not fuel. But as it is subtly making its way into everyday life, most humans aren't even aware of it. Few humans know how, what to do with it, how it works. As we've said in the past, old vibrational energy was relatively predictable. There was always the opposition of the two forces working against each other to create reality. New energy is not about opposing forces. There is no friction involved in it. So it doesn't create reality in the same way. New energy is truly expansional in all directions at one time. So it is very difficult to try to grasp with the mind. And on the occasion when somebody does tap into new energy, they work with it on a single occasion, and they try to duplicate it, it doesn't appear again. It appears to be lost, but it is not at all. New energy doesn't follow the path of its past. It is continually expanding into new potentials and potentials that don't come from past experience. All is a very um, is a complex way of saying new energy works so different. It appears to be unpredictable, but actually it is quite simple once you let go of vibrational or old energy expectations. So what does that mean for consciousness of humanity? It is changing at very deep levels. You've seen it in your own life. You've seen it this last year, in the year of 2008. Things that you never would have expected to happen in the financial markets, in the political arenas. Total change from old systems that others would have thought would have taken hundreds of years to change or modify happened in a matter of weeks. Oh, there was a build-up to it. But the events, the changes in the financial markets themselves happened in weeks. That's how fast things are going. What lies ahead for 2009? Perhaps it's not exciting or dramatic, but it's very noteworthy. We're going to call it the year of weather, both weather or not, <laughs> but also the physical weather of Earth. The, the reason is quite simple, because as consciousness is changing, new energy is coming in, old energy is going out, old um, stuck energy in the Earth itself is shifting and leaving. Bodies that were buried hundreds, thousands, and ten thousands of years ago are now departing. Gaia, the planet herself, 
the energy and the essence of the planet is departing, turning over responsibility for this grand planet to the humans who inhabit it. She's not going to leave in a single day. It may take many, many years, but that transition is occurring. There's a cleansing at the deepest level of Earth right now, and that translates into major weather changes on Earth. 2009 will be the year of storms, storms that do make the headlines and bring up the drama, whether it is earthquakes, whether it is violent storms that have never been measured to this degree before, winds, rain, lightning, odd and unusual lightning storms all across the world that bring up patterns that haven't been seen before in, in a lightning storm in the past. These are going to occur all across Earth. Some will say that this is a result of global warming. They're going to blame everything on global warming. They will go into panic and drama. They will, they will go to an extreme because it's a fun game that they play. Others will blame it on God. God is angry. God is upset with humans. This is, they will say, this is the beginning of the end, the rapture, the end of earth, and God is expressing his displeasure at humans and therefore sending forth the forces of nature and weather to wake people up, and at times to take out thousands tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands in a single storm, in a single swoop. Others will blame it on the earth herself, saying that uh, these are the, the ones of scientific mind, saying that there was, uh, there was forces in earth and in the uh, solar system that had not been predicted before that are causing these erratic patterns and that Perhaps the earth is going to start crumbling apart. None of these are reality. They're drama. They're drama. They're intellectual or they're emotional drama. What you have here is because the consciousness of earth is changing to such a degree that it's going to affect the weather. The weather comes in response to human consciousness. It doesn't mean that it always has to be nice and sunny. The weather provides clearing. The weather provides insight and awareness also. The weather on Earth also helps in a very interesting way of uh, sharing consciousness, of sharing energies all around the world. It used to be perhaps the single most important method of bringing consciousness from one culture, one part of the world to the other. That is how it brought it from an ethereal level of different pockets of consciousness to new places around the world. That is how it was possible for there to be an invention in China 10,000 years ago, and in a very similar time frame on the other side of the world for that same invention. Part of it happens ethereal, part of it happens physical. So the weather was used as the deliverer of consciousness, and it still is. It still is. It's more tangible. Now, 
other systems and technologies have come into play as well, such as your internet. But the weather still plays such a vital role in carrying important messages all around the world, and not just to humans, but to animals, to the land, to the plant life on Earth. They, they don't rely on the internet so much. <laughs> they still rely on the weather. There is a, what you would call a heartbeat to the weather. There's a pulse to the weather. Now, when you look at it from a very statistical standpoint, it wouldn't appear so, but if you feel into the clouds themselves, if you feel into the earth and the relationship to the, into, with itself, with the water and the air, you'll be able to feel the pulse. And you'll be able to understand that the weather, the changing weather on earth here in the year 2009, is going to be doing its clearing. And it's going to be carrying a new message to the plants and to the animals and to the earth and to the water. And you're going to be part of it. You're going to feel very, very connected to the weather. Don't let it raise any fears. Don't think that your own inner turmoil and wrath is being expressed out through a storm. Allow yourself to Feel into the weather like you've never done before, because it is the carrier of new consciousness into the deep layers and levels of Earth in this next year. Weather will make the headlines, particularly, particularly after the first quarter this year. That's going to perplex scientists and those who study its patterns, and they're going to wonder why the shifts in the in the magnetic poles are changing on a very erratic basis, as well as the intensity or the magnetic pull to Earth. Both the magnetic poles are going to be shifting, and the strength, or the lack of strength, of, of the gravitational pull on Earth is going to change this year. And it's going to be erratic. It's not going to follow a nice uh, symmetrical path. It's going to change, and every part of the Earth, and every biological aspect of Earth is going to feel it. But most will not understand what is going on. Many will, many will go into drama and emotion, not knowing what's going to happen. They're going to say it's a reminder from Earth that Earth is grander than human that humans have abused the Earth, and now it's time to honor and respect the Earth. In a way, yes, always honor and respect the Earth, but don't fear it. That's part of you. The weather is going to provide important shifts in releasing energies that have been held within for eons of time that have been waiting to go. Most of you have reclaimed your energies, your dead pasts that were buried in the ground, but now other aspects of entities are going to be recollecting themselves now. There'll be species that leave the Earth permanently. They leave so the new species can be developed and come in, so the human species can evolve and change. All of this, dear Chambra, is a blessing of the greatest magnitude. There's going to be times that you curse me when you're laying under your bed, hiding in your basement, in the middle of a storm out in the 
prairie somewhere when your flights are delayed for days and days and days and days on end. Sorry. <laughs> you're going to curse me when the snow has you covered in over your heads and you're not able to get out, or where the constant barrage of thunder and lightning doesn't seem to stop. But remember, remember what we've talked about here today. The weather is consciousness and it's changing. The weather is serving humanity. The weather is such a perfect way of allowing for this simple thing to take place where energy seeks resolution, transformation, renewal, and that's what's going to happen this year. The non-dramatic part, the part that won't make the immediate headlines, is a change in the global client is going to cause a shortage of food for the next several years at least. Places that have been relied on to grow food will not be able to grow. The reservoirs deep under the Earth's surface will dry up or become toxin to the plants, toxic to the plants. Places that have experienced temperate weather are going to start experiencing more severe weather, too cold, too hot. And the plants that once grew upon the surface will not grow as hardy, if at all. This will cause a shortage in the food supplies on Earth. This won't make the headlines right away, not like a stock market crash does or a good war. <laughs> it is the subtle and quiet news that is taking place. But I want you to be aware, I want all of you to be cognizant of the weather. Go beyond the front page headlines and dig deep into it. I would either like, even like to see a group of Shamba represented from different countries to join together as the weather report, helping other Shamba understand what's going on, not from a place of drama, but from a place of understanding. So as the food, as the food shortages begin, obviously this sets off a whole different type of energy. Here you have countries right now and businesses dealing with financial matters and political matters and wars, and they're preoccupied with that. They're all preoccupied with business. They're all preoccupied with saving the economy. And right when they're trying their hardest to bring things back together, they're going to get the bad news coming in the door. We're running out of food. Chaos or a blessing? Disaster or just a change? Which one do you want to believe? Which one do you want to live in? Chamber, all this is happening very naturally. Even when groups, whole groups of humans leave the earth at one time, there is a choice behind it at some level. Some of these groups have been so connected to their particular culture or their ancestral and cultural karma that they can no longer stay on earth the way they were. So at some level they're agreeing for mass exodus. Some of the animal and plant forms on earth know that they don't need to serve humans and the earth in the old way, so they will leave. Every time there is an exodus, it is an opportunity and an opening for the next generation and the next cycle 
an evolution to come in. And that is what's happening on Earth. It's not the aliens who are manipulating the weather. It's not the government who are seeding the clouds. Government does stupid things. <laughs> but stupidity doesn't go very far down the road before it fails. These things that are happening in the weather are not being manipulated by the people living inside the mountains, because the people inside the mountains left a long time ago. They didn't need to be there anymore as energy holders for Earth. Watch the weather. Watch the change that takes place in the production of food. Watch how crisis will brew for some and how chaos and end-of-the-world scenarios and conspiracy and everything else. And dear Shambra, we invite you to understand it's a redistribution. It's a change and it's appropriate. Weather patterns will be intense, especially in the second part of this year, go into next year. As we said, it will cause the change in the food patterns, but lo and behold, bright ones and ones of consciousness, ones who understand what's really happening, will tap into the energies of the spiritual beings on Earth, such as you. And that's when the real work and the real inventions and creations and new technologies will come to be. There are technologies right now for food production that cannot come out of the laboratory because lack of funding or lack of interest. There are technologies right now that are so ready to come forward, but they're not because these technologies have to do with clean, very cheap fuel, as David said. They're ready to come forward, but there is a lack of funding or interest or sometimes just closed doors. These things are ready to come out. There are technologies right now, dear Shambra, that would amaze you in terms of healing. They've already been developed. They just need the refinement and the funding behind them. That's where you come in. It's where consciousness comes in. This is not a time to go into, into drama, into conspiracy, into end of the world. It's a time to rise above that, to use your creative energies, your creator energies, to help bring these forward. All you have to do is have hope and have vision and have awareness and understanding to be by present, to be in this moment, not to leave your body, not to leave this reality, to hide somewhere else, not to pretend that it's not happening, but to understand it's a new era, it's a new time. Things do change. Take a deep breath, Shambro. It's not doom and gloom, it's change. There are going to be days that are hard to remember this. There's going to be days that you want to fall into that drama along with the other humans. Wonder what's happening. When you come to that, take that deep breath and remember. Remember to feel into that storm. Now, what does that mean for you personally? That was your next question. What should Chambra be doing this year? 
Ah, incredible. As many storms as there will be across the earth and as much as the earth will split itself apart and belch itself out this year, which it needs to, this could be defined as the, underline the, not one of many, but the year of opportunity for Shambra. And for anybody who's integrated their spiritual wisdom with their human existence, There'll be more opportunity for you to start your business, to do your healing in your way, in your way. More opportunities for you to teach what you have to share. More opportunities for you to be standards for other humans, beacons of light for those who are in distress. There'll be more opportunity for you to bring your dreams to earth, to manifest them here, and to have joy in living them out be more opportunities than ever before to invite your essence, your divine, your true self to join you in this experience called life on earth. There may be more opportunities for abundance in your life. Don't look the other way this year as you've been doing for many years. The teachers have come before you and talked to you about abundance, talked to you about how to do it, talked to you about, yes, it can take involve risks, but it can also be so rewarding. If you've had issues with abundance, stop running from it. Stop playing that game. Listen to what they have to say this year. Listen to yourself this year. Yourself is tired of suffering, tired of only barely being able to pay the bills. It's an old game. This is the year of opportunity and now you say, yes, but the rest of the world is going to be going through all of these struggles and you tell us, Tobias, that food will become scarce. I didn't say it would become scarce. I did not say that. Production will change. and The technologies are there for new types of production like the earth has never seen before. And there are those who will make other humans believe that there is a shortage. Don't fall into that trap. There's a change in food production. So don't go into this thing saying, but the world is at such a challenging point right now. How can you tell me that I'm going to have more abundance this year? Because while the rest of the world, the rest of humanity is looking at the storm, you have the opportunity to look at the rainbow. Within the rainbow, dear friends, not so many people are going to be looking at it this year. They're going to be looking for the old rainbow in the old pot of gold at the end of the rainbow, even if they look that way. But the storm is going to have them distracted. Opportunity is there. It always has been. It's going to look a little bit different than it has in the past. That rainbow will have different hues of colors and a different way of bridging and arching itself than ever before. And yes, that metaphor of the rainbow will appear to you many times through the years, through this next year, literally. We use that to say, while well, the rest of the world is looking somewhere else, there's so much opportunity right now. Opportunity that is genuine, that is not taking away from anyone else, Opportunity that is not speculative in terms of taking away or artificially manipulating at someone else's expense. 
more opportunity for you to jump out there. Don't miss this year. The opportunity will never be so great for those who have a spiritual bias or basis in their life. The opportunities will not be the same in the year 2010 or 11, and definitely not in the year 2012. If you're waiting for 2012, you're just going to keep waiting. After 2012, it'll be 2020, if you should live that long, <laughs> if you keep waiting. <laughs> it is the year of opportunity for Shambra. If you've been thinking about it, if you've been feeling uh, into it, if you've been getting the nudges and the inclinations, do it this year. Do it this year, Shambra. You're going to be amazed at how available resources are. Now you have to lift a finger and a hand. You have to put a little bit of yourself into it. You can't just sit back and do nothing. It's a participating type of energy when you create something. But do it this year. One more point. In the past, consciousness had it, so uh, it was difficult to see the many different worlds and realities that exist within a single, re uh, a single reality. In other words, everything seemed to kind of be hazy and flow together. It was very difficult to distinguish different um, levels of consciousness. They all seemed to blur together, not just for you, but for the world in general. For you, and many others in the world, but for you in particular, you're going to see with a new clarity. It won't just all fuzz together. We're talking about human consciousness in general. You're going to see that worlds exist within worlds, and realities exist within realities. You're going to see that it's not just a flat, three-dimensional life anymore. It is multi-dimensional. You're going to see that there are so many different segmentations of, of humanity, not just geographic, but cultural, belief systems, religions. You're going to see the, the, the differences with clarity like you've never seen before. It's not just going to all wash together. This is an important factor for a couple of reasons is you're going to realize how diverse reality is. It's not singular. Very diverse. The second and the most important point in this is that you're going to have a choice in which ones you want to live and experience. When <clears throat> the mother bird wakes in the morning, I love birds. Uh, St. Francis and I, true bird lovers. When a mother bird wakes in the morning, even before the sun comes out, she has such anticipation and joy for the day, she doesn't even wait for the sun to come up. She wakes up and starts singing right away. She doesn't worry about where the worm or the food or the insect is going to come from. She starts singing the, the joys of the day, singing, looking at her nest with the young ones, singing about enjoying life with them. She doesn't worry about all the things that need to be done that day. 
She spreads her wings, and even before the young ones have woken up, she flies out. She gets into a stream of consciousness and the wind that bring her to the food, to the breakfast for the young ones, and then for her. And it is just there. And there are days when it's not just there, and she still keeps singing. Because for her, for this mother bird to just experience life, to open her wings and soar upon the earth, is joy enough, even if it should go away in the next moment. Generally, she returns back to her nest with the food in in beak (laughs) for the young ones, and continues her singing throughout the day and into the night, such as the life of a bird. No fear. The bird works with its intuition and its bird consciousness and the earth consciousness to supply it with all it needs. When you wake up, when other humans wake up, the first thing they do is dread. Before they get out of bed, before they take that first deep and conscious breath, they dread the day ahead. They dread what faces them in their bills, in their job, in their relationship. They dread and fear their health. Instead of waking up with a song and a breath, they wake up struggling with the day. And it doesn't have to be that way. You can choose which world you live in, or the world where the storms are going to tear apart the earth, decimate the crops. And when the crops when the crops start changing, it'll bring in a new type of insect or parasite. It'll bring in new types of plant diseases. They can look awful if you choose that world to live in. When you wake up in the morning, you can take that deep breath. Sing the song of joy that you're here in the physical body on earth. Sing the song of life, even if life should end later that day. It doesn't matter. That was the experience of being here on earth. Sing the song of having a physical body in which to feel earth and life. Sing the song of relationships, good and bad, because they all gave you something. So the question I ask each and every one of you is, which world do you choose to live in? The world of chaos and drama and storms? Or do you choose to live in the world of abundance and opportunity and joy, no matter what storms are going on around you? Which world do you choose to live in? Now, I'm going to make a very important point here. What I'm talking about is not positive thinking. But I'm not I'm not talking about forcing yourself to think positive. That doesn't work. Because it's not genuine and authentic. What I'm talking about here is making a conscious choice. Which world do you want to live in? Can you take that deep breath before you got out of be- get out of bed? Enjoy for the day no matter what it holds. Can you hum a song to yourself? Can you open up and connect with the angelic beings who are all around you? Can you have such joy in your life that you give up the struggle, that you allow abundance in? Can you bring your dreams into your reality, 
your soul into your life. And you allow yourself to be part of your soul as well. Which world do you choose to live in this year? And so it is.